just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is going well with all of you folks. This is one of those special shows where we bring in Ed, former colleague in radio and uh, person of a like mind to me and almost everybody else out there uh, in the Rational Boomer podcast world. Hey, you missed a you missed a, a momentous day. Well, actually, today is the momentous day. This is the first yeah, year yeah. anniversary of the Rational Boomer podcast. I started this on April twenty second. 2021 and here i still fucking am well there you go i figured you started it on 420 but no 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 no. i know you you're not one of those guys you know i'm not i've never really been into it i've i've tried some edibles and they just don't do anything for me i'm not that kind of guy i was a beer guy but i quit drinking 29 30 years ago so i don't do shit you know yeah, well, same with me. I mean, I worked in a, the institution where we both worked. I mean, you were subject to a drug test any time, you know, and uh, that kind of stuff can fuck, they fuck you up real good. So uh, I learned to basically uh, uh, not do that sort of thing. Of course, I was never a big drinker either, so it didn't matter. No, no, uh, it, it, it all didn't matter. So, so now we're here, and I can assure you, Ed, in this position we're currently in, there is no drug testing. There is no no punishment for speaking your mind, and you're encouraged to piss people off. So this is a much different world than what we were in. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, and, and to be honest with you, I'm having to unlimber a little bit because I self-censor a little bit still uh, because of that. You know, I mean, uh, with the FCC and uh, our bosses are looking over our shoulders, I, I kind of self-censored some over the years. and learn to put things between the lines and so forth. And now that I don't have to, it's, it's taken me a little while to limber up. Well, back when we worked in radio, I didn't self-center myself quite as well as you did. And that's what got me in trouble from time to time. <laughs> I wasn't quite as, true. Quite as filtered yeah, I, as you were, um, especially when it came to talking to these suits. I was uh, a little blunt for their tastes. But... Let, 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 let's talk about what's going on. There's a whole shitload of stuff going on. And uh, we've got Marjorie Taylor Greene in her hearing. And this is kind of a momentous day, too. This whole hearing down in Georgia is to determine whether she was involved in the insurrection. And if she was, they're looking to try to stop her from being able to run for reelection in uh, November. And, of course, she's going down there doing all the smokes and mirrors and all this sort of stuff. But but I, I figured something out. She's obviously going to get kicked out one way or another. She's either going to get thrown out because of this court case or sh- nobody's going to vote for her and she's not going to be elected as a representative anymore. But what I thought of is she does have another promising career after watching the bits and pieces of that hearing. I think she would be an excellent spokesperson for uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Prevava or Prev? What is that called? I just said it fucking nine times. Oh yeah, 
The memory. I know what you mean. The memory. The memory stuff. Yeah. The memory stuff. Because yeah, she didn't remember jack shit today. I don't know. I don't recall all the uh, prevagen is what it is. Yeah. <coughs> she yeah, could be a. Sp- is that the stuff made from starfish or squids or something? Uh, who, who, who <laughs> Jellyfish. That's what. Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene is is a woman out on her island right now. I mean, she's got no committee assignments. She's got everybody in the Democratic Party that hates her. Most of the people in the Republican Party see her as a pariah. She's just trying to hold on to a certain amount of power, and it's going away one way or another. Yeah, boy, if she didn't have Matt Gates to pal around with, I don't know what the lady would do. He's at the hearing, too, by the way. Uh, yeah, that's what I've heard. You know, uh, if she perjures herself, she might uh, do a little time, too. That's what I keep hoping for. You know, she is under oath here. So uh, if they can prove, and I think a couple of times she's had to almost backtrack and said, oh, wait, wait, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, did, I did see her do that. And, and she's obviously trying to be cautious. But let's be honest, Marjorie Taylor Greene isn't a very smart human being. She's going to get caught up in this one way or another. Matt Gates is down there for support. and uh, or, or he's down there checking out daycares. I don't know what he's doing down there, but he's down there supporting <laughs> supporting Marjorie Taylor Greene, but she's she's on the way out one way or another. This is just one step in that whole process. Well, I you know, hope she is, but then she's going to show up on Fox or OAN or something. You know, she's, she'll have a post-government uh, presence of some sort. You can almost bet on it. Um, unless, I, like I say, unless she manages to perjure herself and wind up in, in federal prison or something, which would be sweet, I'll be honest with you. Well, worst but, case, uh, she's going to end up on Fox. Yeah, and then I'm sure that's probably it. But it seems like Republicans in general really, really have a hard time with memory, doesn't it? You know, they're they're almost amnesiacs when yeah. it comes down to uh, remembering what they said when they said it. And, and you know what's ironic is is I'm watching uh, the court like, case. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, for example, is uh, having that same problem. Absolutely. Kevin McCarthy's in some deep-ass trouble. I I did a TikTok today and basically said, look, um, um, Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, after the insurrection, said uh, they denounced the event. They denounced Donald Trump for his participation in it, and uh, they were horrified by the events. And that can be expected, given it was a traumatic, scary situation. But then a um, a week or so later, they changed their mind. Nothing happened. Nothing to see here. Just forget about it. Let it go on. And Donald Trump is still our hero. And people are wondering why they would make that change. And I suppose the reason they made that change is because Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy realized something, that the trump the constituents, the voters of Donald Trump, don't give a shit whether or not he uh, commits a crime, lies, cheats, or steal. He, they don't care. So they had a choice. Do we go with truth and justice or something more expedient where we get more votes? And they chose the latter. Exactly. And uh, what's also come out over the last week or so, is, uh, well, actually probably two weeks, but the, is that far more Republicans were involved in this than we knew. Um, oh, yeah. Or, or that they admitted. As, as a matter of fact, it, it, it's really most of them. And if you're going to use the 14th Amendment to go after Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene, why not just use it on all of them? Because obviously they were part of an insurrection. They should be barred from holding office according to the 14th Amendment. Well, I think that is the plan. 
uh, I don't know if you'd heard, before they went after Marjorie Taylor Greene, they went after Maddie Cawthorn down in North Carolina. And yeah. somehow they got a federal judge to say, oh, no, you can't pick on Maddie Cawthorn. So that's just been kind of sitting there. They go down to Georgia and they're doing this to Marjorie Taylor Greene and assuming they're successful with that, then they will go back to North Carolina and uh, appeal that and presumably be able to go to court with Madison Cawthorn and do the same thing. But I think they're setting up a process, a, 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 a conveyor belt, if you will. If they're successful with Marjorie Taylor Greene and Maddie Cawthorn, then they're going after Paul Gozar, Louis Gohmert, Lauren Boebert, Jim Jordan, all uh, Timmy, uh, Tommy Tuberville, all these fuckers. They are going to probably take it step by step. An important thing to remember is this is all civil shit. While this is going on, there's still a lot of criminal investigations going on, too, so they're getting hit from both sides. Yeah, and we're waiting to see. I mean, uh, I get tired of my, uh, my our side, so, so to speak, um, being so uh, uh, ragged on Merrick Garland. When are you going to do something? When are you going to do something? Well, uh, I'm hoping, and I actually believe, that he's being very meticulous and he's building the case so it sticks. And... Uh, uh, obviously, we blew a chance. Uh, Mueller blew a chance uh, with uh, his investigation and uh, didn't reach conclusions, which he should have done and let Bill Barr shut it down or we would have been spared this whole thing. But uh, that didn't work out. The impeachment didn't go through, but we still have a chance here. And, the, you know, there's some other criminal investigations just of Trump, um, you know, not even related to uh, uh the Russian collusion and so forth, but just being a lousy businessman and a crook. But right. uh, um, Kevin McCarthy now, I mean, he has flat out said, I didn't say that, I didn't say that, and then they play the tapes last night. And uh, I don't think he's come back yet and said, uh, um, I, I, at one point uh, he said something, not about this, but about something else, and he was, quote, just joking. Well, yeah. If you listen to this tape, you know he wasn't joking. This was very much a considered, uh, what are we going to do? I don't think he'll go for that. I'm going to try. I'm going to call him and and uh, ask him to resign, but I don't know if he'll do it or not. And, you know, he basically said, I never did that, but we've got the tape. We've got the tape that's the ironic thing you know it comes out in a book he's talking about the 25th amendment he's talking about asking him to resign he's talking to liz cheney now liz could say yeah it happened but nobody's going to believe her because the republicans hate it and then of course he does what all republicans do as you said he denies it and then this dumb fuck has to experience the audio of that exact conversation thrown in his face now i've heard some people say that we're expecting to hear from him on monday I don't know if they're on vacation or whatever the fuck they're doing. But come Monday, he's going to have to answer to it, and he's not very good at it. McCarthy did two, has gotten two problems out of this thing. He's making himself look complicit in this whole thing and that he's a liar. But he's also embarrassed the Republicans. Here's a guy that wants to be Speaker of the House, and I'm not convinced they're going to get possession of the House anyway. But he wants to be Speaker of the House. But every time he turns around, he looks like a dumb motherfucker. Can he really expect to have the Republicans make him Speaker of the House? Well, that's what he expects, but I, he, I know there's already opposition to that out there within the Republican ranks. But I think you made a point early on, and I don't remember your exact words, but I'm going to restate it here, and that is 
when you expect Republicans to be outraged at something another Republican does, you're probably whistling in the wind because that rarely happens. I mean, it happened with Nixon. We saw Howard Baker as part of the uh, the committee that uh, examined that, and he was very fair and uh, uh, obviously uh, um saw what Nixon had done and was appalled by it. You had Barry Goldwater who went to Nixon and said, resign or you're done. Um, at that time, we had these principled Republicans, and we don't have that anymore. No. Uh, with this sole exception of Liz Cheney, and it galls me to say that because I've never cared much for her, and she still votes the Republican line, even while this committee's going on. So, uh, I mean, when she votes to... Uh, confirm judges or, or against judges or whatever, right with the other Republicans. So uh, I guess if you believe the old saying, uh, the enemy is uh, my enemy is my friend, then we're friendly right now. But uh, once that's done, I, I, I do not trust her. And her father was a war criminal. So, well, yeah, there you yeah. Go. I mean, Liz Cheney, the Democrats love her because she stood up to Donald Trump and the Republicans. And that's great. But like you say, she's ultra conservative. There is no Democrat alive that has any business voting for her. But if Donald Trump is not going to be the candidate in 2024, the Republicans have to come up with a candidate. Now, they can either come up with some crazy motherfucker like Lindsey Graham or somebody along those lines. But if they're going to try to get back some sanity, some legitimacy and some credibility back in the uh, back in the uh, uh, party, the best choice, I think, would be for them to. And he said he might do it is uh, Adam Kinzinger. Adam Kinzinger is retiring from Congress in November or in January of next year because they did some redistricting and he had to run against another incumbent. So he said, fuck it. He's tired of all this shit. And somebody said, are you going to run for president? He said, well, I'll, you know, I'll think about it, but he's a Republican. People on the democratic side do respect that. He's got some integrity and he's more of a moderate than Liz Cheney. I'm not saying I would vote for him, but if I'm the Republican party and want to redeem myself in any way and try to get back to normal, he might be the guy you'd want to run. But it's a matter if they want to come back from the dark side at all. And we don't know that that's the case. I don't think Donald Trump will run in 2024, uh, but they might put somebody else that's crazy up there. But if they want to come back from the dark side and try to reestablish or redeem themselves, Kinzinger seems like the logical choice. Uh, he would under those circumstances. I, I think it's a long shot for two reasons. Uh, number one, either the, what's happening now shakes out and... Uh, a lot of major people go away. First of all, of course, Trump, which, like you say, I don't expect he's going to run. I just think he's trying to suck up as much uh, money as he can. Um, the other one who will go is McCarthy um, and, you know, the Boberts and the, the, the Marjorie Taylor Greens and so forth probably will disappear as well. That's and in that case, then if if there is some sort of sanity, if they're trying to come up with some sort of sanity, then Kensinger would be a good candidate. What I fear, however, is that their nominee will be uh, DeSantis from Florida, yeah. uh, who is very much in the uh, very much in the Trump mold, but he also happens to be uh, you know more in the Putin mold and is actually uh, diabolically intelligent. Um, he may have shot himself in the foot going after the mouse. We'll wait and see on that. But uh, 
he's, he's obviously positioning himself as a very extreme candidate. He's using the culture war, the yeah. uh, CRT in the schools and, and all of that. I want to touch on that a little bit uh, before we're done here today. But the, but the big news is is the Marjorie Taylor Greene getting excoriated right now <laughs> um, because uh, um, of what she has done. Everyone knows she's guilty, and it's only a matter of whether she perjures herself or not. I think uh, um, I think they're getting very close. The judge getting very close to declare her to be a, a hostile witness. He may have already done he, so. He, he did. He, he, he did already. Pretty close. No, he did declare her a hostile witness. Oh, did he? he? Okay. And, and and it's funny listening to her her lawyer making these stupid points. I mean, the whole point, though, everything they do is try to delay, distract, and divert. Um, yeah, you're asking her this question, but she's not on trial for this and that. And, and it's just all semantics that they're trying to confuse the situation. They don't have any facts to go to. I mean, when you say, did you do anything with regards to the insurrection? And there's all kinds of video of her exactly saying that. It's hard to beat that. Yes. I mean, I can yes, only hope that the true. judge in Georgia is legit because this isn't going to be a jury thing. This The judge is going to decide, right? Yeah, that's what I understand. And, and basically, so, yeah, she's I, hope, I hope it's not a Trump judge. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, it very well could be. It's in Georgia, for Christ's sake, and they might as well be in Tennessee at that point. Yeah. Uh, you want to hear today, Tennessee's dispatch today? There's been one. Every time we've talked, they've done something ridiculous and um, to embarrass me personally. And uh, today is no exception. Uh, they there's a bill there now to allow 18 year olds to carry guns without a permit, conceal and carry. <laughs> oh, what could go wrong? You know, I'm glad. I don't know. Where's I'm, your homework, Johnny? <laughs> yeah, I got you a know. Glock nine. Uh, but but I'm glad to see that somebody picked up the slack after you and I stopped working. I mean, somebody had to embarrass the shit out of you, and when I couldn't do it anymore, it's nice that your own home state was willing to do it. Well, they stepped up big time. Good. I'll tell you, between child marriage and uh, banning same-sex marriage, and uh, oh Lord, they've just they've just uh, they haven't found a cultural uh, um, meme that they didn't want to uh, expound on and make twice as bad. It's 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 pretty uh, pretty ridiculous, and I sit here unamused, but uh, it's uh, it's certainly not uh, boring. Let me put it that way. The legislature is in session. You know, be careful where you drive. They're they're a bunch of crazies. And I guess that makes their constituents crazy, too. Yeah, no shit. But there's no truth to the rumor going around that uh, you went to prom with Marsha Blackburn, is it? That's not true? (laughs) Uh, No, no. (laughs) There's a crazy bitch. No, uh, I'm, oh yeah. I mean, I, somebody uh, I put up a picture of her actually testifying, or rather asking questions of uh, um, um, Judge Jackson uh, at her confirmation hearings, and you know, with her wild rat's nest of, of a hairdo. Yeah. They said you probably should not go straight from the cocaine orgy to uh, <laughs> Yeah, <anything>. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, what was her big claim to fame being able to ask Katanji Brown Jackson, can you define a woman? 
the way I would define a woman yeah. is way better than a man. And I think I'd be pretty on, well, on see, pretty solid ground. If I'd had, you know, I, I should have had a, a, a microphone to Judge Jackson's ear so I could have said, I, now, this is what you say back to her. Can't find a woman, but I know a bitch when I see one. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no shit. You know, the thing is, Katanji Brown Jackson was so measured, so calm, so level that you couldn't shake her for anything. And, and that's what gave the Republicans yeah. fits. Exactly. And and obviously, everybody saw that. I mean, here's this dignified, intelligent woman. It's like watching a lion being chased by jackals. You know, yeah. they don't even notice them. Right. Uh, you know, right. until they reach out and slap the shit out of one of them. <laughs> and the contrast is interesting now because we saw uh, Katanji Brown Jackson in a hearing being pushed to the limit by the red meat eating toothless fucking Trumplifux to now Marjorie Taylor Greene addressing questions and trying to answer to facts and she looks like a deer with uh, caught in the headlights and she's dancing around trying to fake her way out of it in any way possible that's that's the distinct difference between these two women um, if I was to define a woman I'd say Katanji Brown Jackson is most certainly a woman uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, eh, I'm not really sure. Yes. I'm not really sure what she is. I'm not, I'm not sure talking about human. Yeah, I'm not talking about sexuality. I'm just I, I talking saw about a thing too that um... Marjorie Taylor Greene is just a not very intelligent, uh, very triggered person who found a group that she can excel in, and she jumped in full force. Whether she believes that shit or not, whether any of these Republicans believe any of this shit, they just see this as a vehicle to success and to power. So whether they believe it or not, they just jump the fuck in. Absolutely. I mean, when you get right down to it, the Republican Party is dedicated to one thing. Uh, everything else is just show. They are dedicated to reducing the power of the federal government so that the individual states, with their their particular oligarchs, can have their own little fiefdom. That's their aim. That the government has the federal government has no power to overrule things like uh, their voting laws or overrule to impose civil rights like we did or impose uh, um, allow same sex marriage, allow abortion, and that sort of thing. Oh, remember all the progress that we've made in this country has been by federal um, a fiat. I mean, it's uh, the federal government Government has said, with the federal power and federal government behind it, you will do this. Right. Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, you cannot um, make black people second-class citizens anymore. Um, they didn't decide to do that on their own. They were forced to do it, and we have to remember that always. And then they went. They were forced to give women rights. They were forced to give minorities rights. And they were fighting all the way. It, you know, you're like you're saying, it's civil rights, it's women's rights. People forget about that whole fight from the '60s and '70s, women's rights. I mean, women today maybe don't even understand that they needed to get rights. Fuck, in the 60s, a woman couldn't even hold a credit card. So there was a lot of fighting about that. Yeah, women burning their bras. yeah it's crazy. I mean, when you think about racism yeah. 
and you think about uh, uh, women's rights, you don't have to go back that far. You don't have to go back to the 1800s. No. You got to go back to the 70s and the 60s. And we were alive during that time. And that fight seemed ridiculous when I was a little kid. And in retrospect, it's still fucking ridiculous that old white men don't want to give rights to somebody who's different from them. And women uh, are enough different. And the evangelicals look at them as second class citizens. So the people that are in the evangelical. Uh, religion and their women have accepted the fact that they're second-class citizens, let the, the men handle it. But in real terms, the men have fucked it up immensely. It's about time maybe we have some women make some decisions and try to fix some of this bullshit. Yeah, I mean, there, the, you remember um, there were two country music singers when I was growing, was growing up that were uh, the pinnacle. Uh, one of them was Loretta Lynn. Yeah. And uh, Loretta, I always liked, well, there, Dolly was in there too, but Loretta Lynn was the, uh, the low-class housewife who didn't no, take no shit from her husband, right? Right, right, exactly. And I always admired her. I always admired her. But then you had Tammy Wynette, stand by your man. Right. You know? uh, that, that was the dividing line there. Uh, Tammy on one side, uh, kick me again, kick me again. It's okay. I love you. And Loretta, I'm going to stick you with this knife you mess with me kind of thing, you know. And it, it's still to a certain extent that way down here. Uh, you've got the women who will stand up and they'll take a rolling pin to the guy's head if they need to. and Or put a, put a Glock outside his head. But uh, uh, still here in my home county, um, the uh, domestic uh, encounters probably on the weekend account for two or three deaths a month, yeah. you know, one way or the other, uh, I, which I is really a shame in this day and age. Early on in my marriage, I quickly found out uh, which side of the coin my wife was on because <laughs> she has been known for saying, you got to sleep sometime. <laughs> and uh, I took her serious at that, and I tried to behave after that. I mean, this was back in the days when my testosterone uh, overrode my intellectual capacity. So as I get older and the testosterone goes down lower, hopefully I'm getting smarter, and it's showing in the marriage. I just kind of go along to get along. I don't fight unless I have to, and... and uh, you know what? When she's kind of running the show and in control, it's going a lot fucking better. Yeah, and uh, my wife and I are the same way. I mean, we have reached an accommodation. I don't think we've had a fight in years. Uh, number one, um, I think it, it was my second attempt, and uh, uh, I, I learned a lot from the first one. Uh, and uh, <laughs> what I had mostly learned was uh, uh, shut up once in a while and listen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and you'll yeah. do so much better. Well, yeah, you know, uh, it, it, it reminds me of a story when I learned the lesson with my wife. Um, it, it doesn't pay to argue. If I argue with her and I lose, that's cool. But if I yeah. argue with her and I win, now i got to relive every sin I've ever committed since the fucking 80s when I met her up until now. She's going to hit me with a barrage of all the things I've ever done. But one time I was coming home from work. You know, I was working at the radio station, and it's a summer. My son, my oldest son, is probably like six years old. <laughs> and I pull into the garage, and my kid looks at me. He goes, you don't want to go in there. 
I go, why? He goes, <laughs> Mom's mad, and he looks a little upset himself. I said, well, she's mad. We'll just go in and talk to her. He says, no, she's mad at you. I go, I haven't even been home. She goes, she's mad at you. I go, dude, how about we get some ice cream? <laughs> so I went to the door. I said, I'm taking Tony to get ice cream. Closed the door quickly, got in the car, got the fuck out of there. <laughs> I, 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 be, go, Tony. Discretion is the better part of valor. Tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about some more shit. We'll be right back. Good old. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. All right, we are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. I have Ed with me on this show, our extra special shows when Ed shows up and offers some insight and uh, some common sense. I try to do the same, but sometimes Ed is a little more effective when it comes to that. He's certainly more sophisticated. Um, but you were talking about the situation with the textbooks, and you seem to be a little upset about that. Yes. So tell us. Yeah, well, uh, down in Florida, I mean, you know, all of these uh, wacko governors, uh, Bill Lee here in uh, uh, Tennessee, uh, Greg Yorkin, uh, Youngkin, rather, in Virginia, and uh, Ron DeSantis down in Florida, they, they all have uh, banned any books with, quote, CRT in them, which is means that they haven't banned any books because there are no books with CRT in them because well, CRT right. doesn't have content it's a methodology okay let's establish that but then ron DeSantis came out this week and said they were banning all the math all these math books Uh, i forget how many it was like a bunch of them anyway and uh, because they had crt in them which makes no sense to me at all um because uh if you can't have crt in regular textbooks you certainly can't have it in a math book but anyway what it turns out to be really is just a money grab, which almost everything to do with a Republican is. Uh, and interestingly enough, you see the only textbook, the only math textbook that's passing muster comes from a group called Accelerated Learning out in Texas, of all places. Right. And um, it is tied to, uh, it is part of the Carlisle Group, which is the uh, um I guess hedge fund, whatever you want to call it, that uh, Youngkin was so was CEO of before he resigned to run for governor of Virginia. So uh, the governor of Virginia is trying to get a lock on all the school bucks for the Carlisle Group, I suppose, much like uh, Dick Cheney did for uh, uh, his uh, previous business uh, in the uh, when we uh, went into Iraq. And right. all of the military contracts came from uh, uh, his previous business. So um, anytime that- you can get a Republican in office, uh, certainly Trump with Kushner and Saudi Arabia, they've uh, used uh, whatever 
uh, government contacts they had to line their own pockets. And uh, we really need to take a look at that. But that's a side thing, Kushner and Saudi Arabia. But um, this whole textbook thing really boils down to, I believe, and I think we could, uh, I've seen this from several different sources, that uh, it's just a money grab. Uh, there's nothing wrong with these other textbooks. They just want to ban so they can pick the one from accelerated learning and all make a bunch of money. Yeah. Well, Dick Cheney, you're talking about Halliburton, and they were yep. big into defense and all this sort of stuff. And surprise, surprise, he was the CEO, and then he became vice president, and Halliburton flourished. But what's interesting about this banning the books in Florida with DeSantis it's crazy. They're, it's kind of insidious. They're trying to mask the money grift by throwing out racism. Now, that right. takes a set of balls, I'll be honest yep. with you. We're going to be racist, but don't worry about it. We're going to make a lot of money on the backside. Like you said, Glenn Youngkin is tied to this company, which is the only company that produces a book that they will accept. You know, it's, exactly. when, when they were talking about banning these books i never thought about it as a money grab until i heard about it. i'm going oh fuck i never thought about that but it's clear what they're doing you know if he was ceo of the same company that provides only the only textbooks that are acceptable uh, even though he resigned his ceo position you know he's still got some money in there you know he's getting some kickbacks or whatever the fuck he's doing and yeah, these guys never really resign and they never really put their stocks in uh you know, a lockbox or anything like that. We know that. We saw it with Trump. We saw it with Bush. We've seen it with everybody uh, on the Republican side anyway. We haven't seen it with the Joe Biden. He just released his taxes. The guy's kind of poor compared to most uh, politicians. Yeah, relatively speaking, he made $600,000 for the last two years. Each year, $600,000, which is a lot of money to you and me and some of the people listening to the podcast. But in the world of, of a guy who's been in, 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 in government for 45, 50 years, and he's making $600,000 a year, and he's paying about 25, 26% taxes, that's fairly reasonable. That's fairly yeah. reasonable that he's doing it. Now, we can't see Donald Trump's taxes because he's being audited for the last 15 years. Uh, he won't show us it. And uh, and some people think that he doesn't want to show it because they would see all the criminality that he's involved in. And And the fact is there is some criminality, and that's what's being investigated by the likes of the New York Attorney General and hopefully the Manhattan District. But... I think the most important part of that was he doesn't want to reveal how little money he, in fact, has. Uh, it's all about perception in the show with Republicans, as you stated. And he wants to perpetuate that image of a billionaire, which I don't think he ever was. No, I don't think he was ever close. I think, uh, you know, he has a brand, and that's really all he has. I don't think he really owns that much property. Uh, he has his label on a lot of property, and he runs a lot of properties uh, that are under the banner of uh, the Trump company and so forth. But what he actually owns, I'm not sure, because he's had to declare bankruptcy so many times. And even his jet's parked somewhere because the darn thing won't fly, and he can't afford to have it uh, fixed. Yeah, no shit. You know, and, and that's the thing. He he was so horribly poor at building buildings, even though he says he was great at it. It got to the point where he couldn't get the funding 
to build the buildings. So instead, he just licensed his name. You know, yeah. he just put you put Trump on it, and uh, they'll pay you money, and they'll build the buildings. Unfortunately, most of the people that were building the buildings and and licensing Trump, they were Russians laundering right. money. They were Russians laundering yeah. money. They keep people keep trying to tell me Biden's getting money from from Russia and from uh, uh, Hunter Ukraine. Biden's laptop and Ukraine and all this shit. Well, look at his taxes. He made six hundred thousand dollars last year. If he's yeah. grifting for millions and billions, he's either a tax fraud and there's no indication of that, or he's the worst criminal in the history of criminals. It's or really he's very, he's very, very good, and he's able to hide it, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah, he doesn't live like it. No, uh, 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 and neither did Jimmy Carter. No. Uh, neither did Barack Obama. I mean, Barack Obama's millionaire now because of his books and because of his TV deals. Uh, well, but he didn't have much going in. No, he didn't have much going in. To be perfectly honest, right now, Kamala Harris makes uh, more than twice the money that yeah. uh, that that Biden makes. So the idea that Biden's grifting somebody is absolutely ridiculous. The fact that we can't see Donald Trump's taxes is a red flag to say the least. And we're watching him grift all these uh, Trump fucks now as he's teasing them with the prospect that he might run for president. Uh, I don't think he'll run for president. And once he does commit to run for president, if he does, then all that money is regulated and he can't put it in his pocket. This is a grift for him, and and it seems like it's the case with every Republican we talk about. Now we're hearing about the the, the, the textbooks, and we find out that uh, Yunkin is grifting some money out of that because he owns the company. Everywhere you turn, somebody's making money, and it's always a fucking Republican, and it's always coming out of us. And it's always coming, too, from Russia. Uh, Ron DeSantis put the teacher's funds in a bank in Russia where they still there. their retirement funds are invested in a bank in Russia. Um, uh, Mitch McConnell has uh, connections to Russia um, and to China and to uh, and of course, uh, Kushner has uh, big ties to Saudi Arabia now, two billion dollars from uh, the, the prince into his business, uh, a payout for what? We're not sure. Well, um, to, uh, you know, I talked about this and, and, and consider this, see what you think about this. We know that Donald Trump has big ties with, uh, with Saudi Arabia. We know right. he got a lot of money from Russia, but maybe that's running out, especially under the current circumstances. So he's now looking to Saudi Arabia for some funding. We know he went, and protected the crown prince after he murdered an American reporter. We know that 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 Donald Trump went to uh, Saudi Arabia and was part of that whole ceremony, the swords and all that shit. He also said that he's trying to coax them into sponsoring golf events or such here. And then we know that uh, Jared Kushner was buddies with the crown prince. So six months after he leaves the White House, Jared Kushner cuts a deal where he's going to manage $2 billion of Saudi Arabia's money. The problem is that Kushner has only ever worked for his mom and dad or Donald Trump. He doesn't have any experience in managing $2 billion. He doesn't have any experience doing that. My contention is that 
somehow Donald Trump has his fingers in there. Donald Trump is the one that has the clout that can demand that kind of money. And I don't think it has anything to do with managing the money. Like you say, it's a payoff. So oh, absolutely. You know, and the, $2 billion to Saudis is, is like the money that you and I leave by the door uh, uh, to pay the paperboy with or something. You know, that's what $2 billion is to the, the Saudi prince. As, as my former, or not my former, my, my late father-in-law would say, I spill more than that. Yes. <laughs> and that's kind of the case with the Saudi Arabians. So this money deal, they have to make it look legit, so they're going to make it sound like uh, Jared Kushner is is managing it, even though he has no experience managing that kind of money. But you got to know Donald Trump's got his fingers in this. I'm thinking he's going to get the bulk of it, and uh, Jared Kushner will get a, a, a reasonable commission. And uh, But the other side of it, too, I was thinking, okay, if Jared Kushner is actually supposed to management, manage this money, and the Saudi Arabians want him to do that, but Donald Trump has a different tact in mind where he's going to grift this money, when the money's all gone— and the Saudi Arabians go, what the fuck? Well, then it's Jared Kushner on the hook, but Donald Trump has all the cash. And then Jared Kushner's in trouble with a guy who has a propensity of killing people that go against him. I don't know which way it is, but either way, it's fucking bad news for Jared Kushner. He's just getting used by his father-in-law again. Well, you know, uh, Jared himself, his father, was probably Jersey Mob. Uh, yeah, went to prison. I don't know if Trump pardoned him or not. Did he? I mean, yeah, he did. He did. I thought so. Yeah, and uh, Chris Christie actually put uh, Jared's dad in jail, uh, right. and uh, it was a lot like the Godfather. I think Jared is Michael in the Godfather. He was kind of had the family business foisted on him. Yeah. Uh, so he's deep within the mob anyway in in Jersey with uh, his real estate dealings. I mean, that's that's who runs Jersey. You know, um, and to a large extent, parts of New York, too, I believe. But uh, um, and certainly Florida. Um, yeah, I don't so I, I don't like I don't like Jared Kushner's prospects because he seems kind of like a wimpy guy. He's like Donald Trump in that he appears to be rich and successful, but only because he's connected to his parents and Donald Trump. And Ivanka, it's all kind of smoke and mirrors because he's not a, a sep- exceptionally bright guy, uh, at least in terms of business. And uh, he's just kind of floating back and forth and being the face when Donald Trump needs it or Ivanka needs it or the Russians need it or Saudi Arabia needs it. Those kind of guys don't last in the long term. Something always goes wrong. They either go to jail or they end up dead. And I think Jared Kushner is that guy. It could be. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, two Russian oligarchs uh, and their families wound up dead over the last few days, uh, listed as marital problems. <laughs> um, one assumes that uh, Putin uh, put out a hit on these guys, maybe to show uh, other oligarchs that they need to toe the line. Maybe these guys were whispering about Putin behind his back. I don't know. But when two guys with a, you know, two Russian oligarchs in the same week go down with their whole, with their wives and kids, that's some, a message to somebody. That's a, think? that's a horrible, horrible uh, coincidence. It reminds me of an old joke about a, sh- a racist sheriff 
in the South. This is like in the 40s or 50s, and sheriff comes to a crime scene and sees this uh, African-American man hanging from a tree, having been stabbed 20 times, hands tied behind his back, blindfolded and beaten to death. And they say, well, what do you think, sheriff? He goes, this is the worst case of suicide I ever fucking saw. And yeah. that's that's just, and that's not even funny. It's it's just the attitude. It's the it's, fact is it's all too real. Yeah, it's it was quite accurate. I mean, uh, um, that is why. And and I, it should have gotten more hype than it did. That we finally got a lynching law, anti lynching law passed at the federal level after all these years. And that's only it was last month that we got that done finally. And that's because. Um, if a lynching took place in Georgia, Tennessee, Louisiana, or something, uh, these guys would be tried by juries of their peers and they would walk. There was right. no justice. Right. Now we have a federal law that they can go in and retry them and put them away. Uh, so it, it's, uh, it's a new day and it was a long time coming. It was a major victory and it really should be celebrated more than it was. Absolutely. And you know, the funny thing is to me, if you're a representative or a senator and a bill comes in front of you about uh, making lynching a hate crime or whatever they called it, and you say, yeah, you know, I don't think I'm voting for that. What could possibly be your reason for not voting for something like that? Now, we know that they wanted to game the system, like you said, and have it all within the state and let them get off and walk. And with a federal crime, they aren't going to do that. I understand that. But how do you justify saying, yeah, I'm not for this lynching law thing. That's a bridge too far. I don't get that. How do you get well, away with that? I don't know that you do. <laughs> I don't know how that you justify it. But the, the home folks, of course... Uh, are very much, and they sent these guys there for that reason. You know, they want to be able to lynch people. It's, you know, it's their recreation, I guess. I don't know. Uh, another Tennessee thing I got to throw in real quick. Yesterday, they had a vote where they were going to uh, have free lunch for all kids in Tennessee schools. Okay. And I don't know if it's tied to income or what, but the, the, the intent that was that no kid would not be able to eat lunch at school. Right. Uh, Republicans vote, voted it down. And what makes <laughs> it even more horrible is they've been sitting on millions of dollars in federal funds for five years now that they will not spend to reduce child poverty in Tennessee. They just sit on it. You know, and these are the same people that will fight like hell to uh, make abortion illegal. Prior yeah. to the kids being born, they want to save the life. They want to protect the children. And that's, you know, if that's your attitude, okay, I get it. You're probably wrong on that, but that's okay. But as soon as they're born, free lunches? No, we're not giving them free lunches, even though we've got the money. We're not going to help out the single moms that are trying to raise these kids and help them get out of poverty. We're not going to continue the child tax credit that got 50% of children out of poverty. No, we're going to let that go because we can't afford it. We can't afford it because we got to send $750 billion to our Defense Department, not to mention the $2 trillion to the rich people. Nobody questions whether we can afford that. But when it comes to helping kids or families or women or men in the middle class, oh, that's, that's too much. We can't afford that. And that's what's frustrating. And, and that's another thing, since you brought it up real quick. Um, 
the Defense Department, this budget that always sails through, and it doesn't matter if it's Republican or Democrat, whatever they come up with, we're going to just rubber stamp it and send it on. Plus, there's a lot of black budget spending, too, where we just give money and we don't know what they do with it. You know, Right, uh, right, right. Yeah. But uh, because of the, the secrecy of it and so forth. But most defense spending goes right into the pockets of the oligarchs because they're the ones who own the defense companies like Dick Cheney. Right. They are the ones who uh, 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 invest in the, the defense companies. So really what we're doing is taking taxpayer money, funneling it through the Defense Department and into the pockets of the oligarchs. And, yeah. and we, we wave a flag and we say it's for the soldiers, but the soldiers don't get squat. Believe me, I was a soldier and I know what soldiers get and it's nothing. But uh, oligarchs get a lot of money for weapon systems that either don't work or we never use, or it really infuriates me. And and we have the amount of money we spend on our defense department is far and away greater than like the the next ten countries what they spend on on, on defense. And like eight or nine of those people are, are are allies. So the whole concept of having to spend this much is completely unjustified. There's no point to it. It's just ridiculous. Right. And look at what's happening in, in Ukraine. Because Russia has nuclear weapons, which I don't think Putin's crazy enough to use. No. And all of the other countries who have nuclear weapons right now, I don't think any of them are crazy enough to use them because they know it would be they would be instantly destroyed that everyone else who has nuclear weapons would fire at them and they'd be gone for sure. The rest of us would probably die too, but they, it would be suicide to use a nuclear weapon at this point. So what's happening, we have to sit back and watch uh, Russia brutalizing Ukraine worse than the Nazis practically, or at least as bad. Right. And uh, we, we're not able to just uh, send the NATO troops in there and beat them back into Russia because they've got that nuclear uh, threat that they can dangle there. So we're spending all of this money for equipment that we're not willing to use because just having one nuke, and they've got, of course, many more than that, uh, one nuke negates all of that. Right. And, you know, people ask me this question all the time. Are we going to get World War III? Are we going to get World War III? And I agree with you. I don't think that's going to happen. Now, Russia doesn't have much on its side. The economy is shit. Their military is obviously far worse than we ever imagined. The only thing they can hold over our head is this nuclear weapon situation. Now, even if... Vladimir Putin is crazy enough to use nuclear weapons. Maybe he says, fuck it, I'll take them all down. I'll take myself down. I'll take my family down. If he's crazy enough to do that, and I doubt that he is, but if he is, there's a lot of checks and balances. It's not like he's got a desk with a bunch of red buttons going, okay, there you go. That one's gone. That one's gone. What's going to happen is somebody along the chain is going to say, wait the fucking minute. He's committing suicide. We're all going to die. We're not going to let this happen. And we're hearing more and more about some uh, scuttlebutt going on within the Russian government and the Russian military uh, starting to feel a little bad about the situation with 
with Vladimir Putin. They're seeing the economy get crushed a couple of months. It's going to be devastating. They're seeing what's happening in Ukraine, and everybody's looking sideways at Vladimir Putin. And as powerful as he seems, authoritarian leadership always ends up the same way. They get exiled or they get killed. And I think we're very close to something happening with Vladimir Putin taken, being taken out of power because that's the only way this shit ends. Yeah, where's he going to go? You know, I mean, uh, I know which one I vote for. I noticed my uh, my power is getting low here, Mike, so uh, uh, we might need to wrap up here before too long. I just throw that in there. Uh, yeah, we've got about four minutes left, so, yeah, we'll we'll just wrap it up at that point. Yeah, but if I go silent, that's because I lost power, all right, not because I was hit by a truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's good, and, and uh, fortunately, I'm pretty adept at filling time with virtually nothing, so we'll see what happens. Uh, like you said, it's a red letter day. There's so much going on, so much to talk about. Hopefully we've brought up a few things that people hadn't focused on, like the, like the school books, uh, um, and the, the craziness of state legislatures. And I, I just want to one more time, just remind everybody that that's what this battle is really about. It's about one party, the Republican party wanting to destroy the federal government because the federal government is the only thing that holds them in power. That's what they mean when they say states' rights. What they mean is destroy the federal government. I'm translating for you here now. If they say states' rights, they mean destroy the federal government. Absolutely. That's exactly what they mean, and they don't mind if it means going into chaos and and, and going with an authoritarian government. They don't care. And frankly, based on the Constitution and what we fought for for 250 years or whatever, the it's totally contradictory to what this country has been about. And at some point, Republicans and the Trump fucks have to realize this, that they're doing exactly what they always do. They vote against their own, their own benefits, and they do it because these people lie to them and act like they're tough guys, and they go, that's our guy, he's a tough guy. But every time they vote, it goes against them. It's like Charlie Brown trying to kick the football while Lucy holds it. Lucy keeps pulling the football back, and they keep falling on their ass, but they don't learn a goddamn thing. They go back and say, okay, I'll kick it this time. And that's the troubling thing about the Republican Party. They never seem to learn. Exactly. And, and uh, remember, the original original motto of the United States was e pluribus unum. Right. From many one, because right. the founding fathers recognized that you had 13 colonies and some territories that were all very different. In most cases, uh, they were kind of, uh, you had blood, soil, and religion that united them, meaning they were uh, roughly the same nationality, worshipped the same God, and uh, um, had come from the same place, either England or Germany or Italy or wherever they had, or Spanish or had come from Spain or wherever they had come from, they had brought those traditions with them and established them in their colonies. So to make one country out of what was essentially 13 different ones was a huge step, and it took a lot of compromise and so forth. And you needed that federal power right. overall to guarantee that uh, within those uh, fiefdoms, if you will, those separate countries, that everyone was treated equally because you have, you know, slaves in the South, which, you know, they went along with, 
because they had to to get that get them into the union, probably right. thinking that we'll address this later on, right. and, and a lot of other things that we've addressed along the way. But it's only through a federal government you, you're able to do that, and that's why the Republicans want to destroy it. And the Republicans are very short-sighted. They want to do away with the federal government, go back to what we had with the 13 colonies, have individual states run their own show. But where they're missing the point is, you know, they want to outlaw abortions and they want to cancel CRT that doesn't even exist. They want to do all this stuff, but they aren't thinking ahead. Because if it's good for them, it's good for the other. And that means somebody like California, like Gavin Newsom suggested, or some of these other liberal states say, you know, if you want to do that with abortion, we're going to do the same thing with guns. If you produce weapons of war, anybody can sue you for ten or $20,000. And then they'll scream like stuck pigs because you can't take away our constitutional rights. What they're essentially saying is, you can't take our constitutional rights, but if we decide it's better, we can take away constitutional rights from you. And exactly. they're just not getting it. It's going to slap them in the face. Well, I hopefully some sanity of what I... I really hope will happen is that the Republican Party will split and there will be a uh, a more centrist Republican Party and the, the crazies will, will split off. I wouldn't mind if that happened with the Democratic Party so that you had an ultra-liberal party, a, a centrist uh, a Democratic Party, a centrist Republican Party, and a far-right party, and let them battle it out. Let them form, maybe we need more of a... a a parliamentary kind of thing where they have to form coalitions to get anything done. Maybe that would get us back to the bargaining table instead of just uh, trying to fight for that one vote we need to get something done. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know you're running out of power on that end. I've already done about three or four TikToks, did a live for about an hour and a half, and we've done this for an hour. My phone is fine. My computer's fine. But I'm personally running out of power, so we should probably wrap it up for yet another Rational Boomer podcast. Sounds good to me, and it's always fun. It always I, I was dragging uh, when I came in, but uh, you know, always get me fired up, Mike. Well, that's good. That's good. It'll be back again probably early in the week next week. I want to thank you all for spending time with us here on the Rational Boomer Podcast. If you have questions, comments, complaints, maybe a recipe, send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm, find the Rational Boomer Podcast, and there you can leave a voicemail. So I'm always interested to hear from you. So thanks again, Ed. And uh, I hope everybody has a great day. And I'd say I'll talk to you again tomorrow, but... uh, Uh, Who knows? It may be today, but it's definitely tomorrow. There'll be something else coming up tomorrow with the Rational Boomer podcast. So have a great day. We'll see you next time. Looking forward to it. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.